simply being cool is really about understanding who you are, who you stand for, and what you want to communicate to the world, which is essentially your brand. It's just really thinking about really what's your core purpose and how can you communicate that through everything very consistently. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Confessions of a B2B Marketer. Today we're going to be digging into another growth study. So I've been starting doing these solo episodes where we dive deep into a specific B2B SaaS company on how they've grown. And I was checking the metrics and these episodes seem to be performing typically better than the normal interview style. So we're going to go to a monthly cadence releasing one per month. If you have any feedback or if you would like me to cover any specific business, please drop me an email. I'm sure you can find my email address or just ping me a DM on LinkedIn and I'll add that to the queue and see if we can fold that in. Now, before we jump into today's SaaS company, which is videos, and here's a crazy story, it bridges the gap between traditional SaaS B2B marketing and like online marketing, which I find super interesting. And of course, they managed to bootstrap to 3 million pounds per month in revenue. So But before that, I have to give a massive shout out to Sastock USA. So Sastock are going to the USA. We're talking 800 attendees, probably around 400 SaaS founders, 100 investors and 60 speakers, May the 31st until June the 2nd in Austin, Texas. Now, here's a quote from Nathan Lacker, the godfather of SaaS, about the event. Sastock is where all startups should be. You're going to find potential new employees, your first 100 customers, and your first 500,000 check if you're looking to raise capital. That's why you need to go to Sastock if you want a 20% discount. The link will be below. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring, the link will also be below. Thank you so much for Sastock for supporting the show. And now let's jump into the growth study. All right, then, team. So how videos bootstraps to 3 million pounds, not dollars, pounds per month, without a blog. So it's June 2012, and Joey Zoto has just been fired from his accounting job. To make matters worse, he's about to get married, and he needs cash, and he needs cash fast. So he offers, interestingly, he finds the online internet marketing coach and offers to make videos. And so what him and his coach achieve is a quite an interesting take on the typical internet marketing sales video. They produce something beautiful. Now, this internet marketing coach launches the product, everyone sees the video, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And so Joey ends up creating an information product about how he can create those types of videos. So great start. He finds someone who has a big audience, offers to work for free, makes videos, and then leverages that into his first information product. So three more information products and two more software products later. So there's a few years here. Joey teams up with Jamie and David to build videos. Fast forward to May 2020, and the video team just grows shy of three million pounds in revenue whilst investing a total of $80,000 in PPC. So that's a pretty massive return on ad spend. That's May 2020. And yeah, they managed to cream a massive three million pounds in revenue from uh, ad spend around 80,000 pounds. How? Let's jump into that right now. We have a total of nine growth pillars that we're going to run through, each of which I'm going to give the learning afterwards. Growth lever number one, industry selection and skill stacking. So I've done a lot of research here and what I have on the screen in front of me, and we'll link below to the webpage where I've stored all this information, is a young picture of Joey, probably about five, 
at a family event and he's filming. So he loves video. He just really, really likes the concept of taking pictures and taking video. Fast forward into his like early career and he has a couple of sales roles. So I've got his LinkedIn profile here in front of me. He was an account manager. This was in 2011 and he was a sales manager before that in 2010. So earlier we said that Joey got fired from his accounting job in 2012 and needed 30 to 40K to pay for his wedding in six months time. What did he do? He turned to his two passions. So he loves video. He also has spent time and has experience selling. So he combines these two things that he loves slash is good at slash has experience in to with the internet in order to ideally try and make the money. And so he found the mentor, as we mentioned, he leveraged the mentor's audience, worked for free, got access to the audience basically because he created that video for that person for that launch. And so that gave him exposure. And then he actually launches his first information products. This March the 12th in 2013. It's called Video Marketer's Guide. And a chef how to create videos that sell. Remember his first two passions. Now this product grosses $57,000 in revenue, but obviously 50, well not obviously, but with these kind of internet marketing launches, you get other people to promote your stuff and you give a commission for that. So around 50% of that was paid out to affiliates. And this generated 3,000 customers for Joey. And those people obviously will then follow Joey and are attached to his brand and ideally would buy other products from him in the future. Then eight to nine months later, he releases another video product generating four to 5,000 customers and $160,000 in total sales. He then did two more information products, both performed okay, and then two more software products and both bombed. So they didn't do very well, but he had, I guess, some cash in the bank from these information course sales. So we'll get, we'll continue that story in the next growth lever. But I think the key thing here to understand is that what Joey did is he was looking to make money, e.g. he was looking to add value. And instead of just moving into a completely new field that may be topical or like sexy at the time, he goes to what he knows, which is sales and it's video. And then he also combines that with the internet. And instead of trying to learn it all himself, he goes and offers his time for free to A, get exposure to that influencers, to that online marketing coach's audience, but also, I guess, to learn more about the business. So great start, word on Jerry. So what's the learning? What industries do you have a passion for or interest in and how can you combine them to become really good at a specific thing? Okay, so growth lever two, back into the story. So Joey has this idea for another fast product. He's had two that hasn't really worked, but he's got this customer list of around 8,000 people that are interested in video slash online marketing. And so he had an idea, a video animation software product that he thinks is going to be big. He tries to get this bill overseas a couple of times, but it just doesn't work. And ultimately, he runs into David and Jamie, who live in Preston, which is in the north of the UK, who have a development team. And so he meets them, starts building out videos. He actually launches on September 29th, 2015, and generates a total of seven to 8,000 customers and around $500,000, half a million dollars in the four-day launch period. And we'll get to this later, but a big chunk of that is this one-off payment. And then they also have this subscription upsell, but we'll talk about that later. So that ultimately leaves the business. So they get this chunk of cash, $500,000, but it also builds their 1 million ARR business from this $37 upsell, this a subscription. So it's a 1 million ARR business. And so at this point, David and Jamie, I believe, leave their development company and become co-founders. And Joey moves up to Preston, and then they go all in. They go all in on video. So here's a crucial part again. Here's the learning here in the growth lever is that when you find something that works, and I think you can say that 
generating that 1 million AR business right off the bat from that launch is probably a sign that something's working. And so they go all in. And that's the key learning here. Growth lever three. You may be wondering where all those sales from this chunky launch came from. I mean, how do you just open your car and receive half a million dollars of cash? Now, the answer is other people's audiences. So the growth lever is called a SaaS affiliate program on steroids because it is something that happens really just in the internet marketing slash online marketing world where people, as we mentioned with Joey, he's been building up his own personal brand. Everyone's talking about the personal brands and founder brands now, but this was like big for decades in the internet marketing space. So what Joey's been doing is selling things to build email lists, essentially, of people that like and trust him. And so at the same time he's doing this, there are loads of other people that are doing the same thing. So everyone has these audiences that they can email to direct to other people's products. And so that's exactly what they did for this launch is find affiliates, these people with email lists ranging, I guess, from 5,000 to 500,000 people. And then you line up a load of these big affiliates, get them to promote the launch, also go to specific little marketplaces that will allow you to find smaller affiliates. And you line up everybody for this four-day launch window. Everybody sends all their traffic to this big, one big sales page. And then ideally, we convert customers. Now, in the post that I'll link below, we can link to the sales page the videos has, and you'll see how they're able to get a, an 8% buy rate on this page. It's, it's an absolutely incredible sales page. And so Joey and the team were doing this, but at a massive scale. So if we go to JVZoo, this is a marketplace that connects those kinds of affiliates to people that have products. And videos is page on this is showing a, a grand total of 227,000 sales with around 31,500, so 31,500 sales coming from affiliates. And that's just on this one marketplace for their one front end offer. So another thing that's important to understand is that out of that half a million dollars that they launched with, a big chunk of that ranging really from 30 to 70% can be paid out to partners. And so it's really videos, it's responsibility to ensure that once they have converted these customers, they're able to monetize further on the back end. And that's what we're going to be digging into in the next two growth levers. But if you really think about what's happened here is that Jerry and the team have managed to secure seed funding without giving away any equity. Let's say they take 50% of the $500,000. They've got $250,000 to start building out and improving the platform. And then as we mentioned, also they have the upsell, $37 per month that we'll dig into a bit more later. So the question is maybe instead of raising money, you could find people that have like a big email list of your potential customers and maybe incentivize them to promote you. And then you can take that cash and then use that to build, improve the product, build a team without having to sell any equity. Moving on, growth lever four, affiliate promos to maximize LTV. So every investor you'll ever meet, it will always ask LTV, what's the lifetime value, e.g. how much Money or profit, it's different ways of calculating it. Are you getting from a customer over their lifetime? And Dan Kennedy, classic quotes, the business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And we think a lot about this at Fame as well. We're thinking like, how can we maybe ensure that our retention is super high so we maximize LTV? How can we possibly sell other things to the people we have as clients? Although we're being very cautious about that, we haven't actually offered anything yet, but we're thinking about doing something soon. And then we're also looking to optimize acquisition costs, but we'll talk about that later. Now, back to the story. So if the game is to spend the most to acquire a customer, if a business knows they can generate $200 from a customer over their lifetime, they can spend more on Google Ads or whatever pay platform than a business that can only generate 100. 
So as the video team are building these massive customer lists, they're generating revenue from those customers for their own product. But what they're also doing, and this feeds in with the whole internet marketing thing we discussed earlier, is that they are promoting other people's products at the same time. Now, this is key to get other people to promote your products. It's also deemed decent for you to promote them back, but it's also very profitable to do so. So each year, videos promote another SaaS product called Convertry, which I think is the website builder. And uh, during this time, they've sold half a million dollars of this product and created 1,000 new customers for Convertry. So with a, or with a 50% commission on the half million dollars, again, that's 250K of additional revenue with little, very little cost. And so this 250K will boost LTV. They can divide 250K by the amount of email subscribers or by their customer list. And this updates their calculation for LTV. So that means that they know they can then go and spend more money to acquire customers on other channels because not only are they going to be monetizing these customers through videos, but they're also going to be monetizing these customers through affiliate offers like Convertry. So the learning here is what other products are complementary to your SaaS and can you potentially set up deals to promote them and therefore increase your lifetime value? All right, now we're getting to the juicy stuff, the paid freemium model, growth lever number five. So typical SaaS plans, maybe there's a freemium or a free trial, maybe then plan one is $49 per month. You then can get more stuff, more features at plan two, $79 per month, and then maybe even more stuff, more features for $99 per month, and then maybe there's an enterprise plan as well. That is not what videos are doing. Here's their approach. They send traffic either from joint ventures and affiliates as we discussed in the previous growth lever or from paid ads, and there's just one thing you buy. $67, you get lifetime access. So no free trial. We're not spending any money on people that are not paying us. No server costs, etc. And you get access for life. However, there is a limited number of templates you can use for your videos. And of course, before you get into the product, you run through a sales funnel that will either upsell you to subscription, which is that $37 per month thing we were discussing, which means you get all new video templates that are added each month. And then if you take that, great. If you don't, then you get downsold just to get some extra templates. You don't get the new ones each month, you just get a chunk of extra ones. And that's $47. So what's happening here? A, as I mentioned, videos are not wasting any support or server costs on people that are not paying them. B, videos are getting paid up front and some of that cash will be liquidating some of the ad spend, etc. that they're using to send the traffic and also to pay off the affiliates. They would possibly be even offering affiliates 100% of that. $67 on the front end to incentivize them to promote. And then they leverage human nature to increase the average cart value and increase their MRR slash ARR through upsells and downsells. Now, we can learn a little bit more about the strategy from the man himself now. Let's bring in Joey Zoto. The paid freemium model, which I believe you're referring to, is getting people to pay up front for your product rather than doing a free trial and that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, this was a conscious decision from day one. We never wanted to do a free trial or anything like that, or like a dollar trial, because, you know, again, we were a completely bootstrapped business. We didn't have the luxury of having millions and millions of dollars of investment money in the bank. So we can't go spending all this kind of money just to go and get free customers. Like We need to make money on the front. So that's why we charge. We, we charge money for people to buy the product on the front end. The product is great anyway. Like they get a, a decent amount of stuff from the product and they can really use that product to its most of its capability for that small one-time price. Now, the idea there is that we basically convince them to, to join the subscription because when they get into the product and they see what it is for, you know, $67 to 
And they're like, oh, wow, like I want more of this. So you know, you're basically getting paid to sell for them. It's a brilliant way to market. You're making money collecting leads and acquiring customers. Like it's great. You know, like if you do the free trial thing and you've got loads of money in the bank, fine. It might take you a tremendous amount of time to convert one of those customers into a recurring customer. But what we do is we, we charge somebody $67 and then immediately upsell them into a recurring product. So we can get that recurring customer just like that within minutes. You know, there is no waiting time. It's just we have an average 20 to 25% conversion into our recurring product on the front end. So 25 and 100 people that buy that $67 product on the front end is going to turn into a recurring customer. And that's a great stat. And that's a very, very efficient model to get people to join our recurring product. So I think, you know, over the last month, if we look at our numbers, we've been adding close to five, six, seven, sometimes $8,000 in recurring income every single day. And that's just because of the way that our funnel is. We've had explosive growth over the last couple of months and the recurring the recurring revenue that we're generating right now day to day is absurd. And it's because we have a very, very quick upsell method. So we sell people straight away into that product. Now, the other really good thing about this is, look, if you have a recurring product on the front end, right, you have a subscription product as soon as somebody lands on your website, if they go away, that's it. You've lost them now. You've, you've lost the lead and you don't have an opportunity to sell them back into that recurring product. Now, someone may argue the case of saying, well, look, I can just give them the product for free and then I can convert them in 30 days or 14 days or seven days, right? But the problem is, is that people don't value free. That is the problem. So when you get somebody to come in and they come in for free, the vast majority of people will just disappear and they won't really give a shit. They're not going to care enough to really want to go and try the product. When you go and charge them $67, they're going to go and use that product, right? Like they've just paid money for it. Now, the beauty of that is you've got money from them. You've just got a lead. You've got an email address and you know, you've got cash in the bank from that customer. Now, you've also got an opportunity to sell them a recurring product. So I don't see why we want to do it the other way. Sure, you can get, look, if you go out and you put a free trial out, you can get, you can get more free users than we would in a month, right? You will, you will get more free users than we would in a month just because it's free. But I would rather have a 10th or 20% of that amount of customers who have actually paid me money. It just makes so much more sense. It puts money in our bank. And especially as a bootstrap business, this is so critical for us to grow and for us to actually be able to fund our activity. You know, at the end of the day, you're running a business and you know you need to make money. That's how we survive here. So that's pretty much that. The paid freemium thing for me is the best way to be doing doing a software business because the amount of companies that go out and just get loads of investment and then just fail because they can't convert people into paying customers, it sucks, right? Whereas you do it this way. And then you go and speak to the investors. You go and show the investors what you're doing with this model. The investors look at you and say, what you're doing is amazing. You've basically gone and collected all these customers and you've gotten paid for it and you've built recurring all at the same time and you've done it all without any investment whatsoever. And that is a really, really, really attractive thing for an investor. So that's pretty much answers that one. I hope that does answer the question. Okay, gross lever six. So we've got all of these users, customers coming in at the $67 one-off payment, they get lifetime access. And so obviously these customers could be rendering videos and charging videos, the company, for their whole life. And so then the question is, how do we maximize the number of these that pay us more money to cover those costs? Now, from what I've heard, videos conversion from that one-off payment of $67 just to get access to a limited amount of templates 
to the monthly subscription where you get all 10 plays and it also gets updated every month is 20 to 25%, which is absolutely massive. So that's trying to understand how they're doing this. Well, the first thing is that I learned this in the online marketing days a few years back, but people often say that the best thing to sell to somebody that's already bought something is more of the thing they already have. It's an easier decision. And so if you think about what's happening here, the upsell is very congruent. Somebody's bought this product because they want to edit videos. And the next thing we need to sell them is just something that's going to enable them to edit videos better, e.g. more templates. But the probably the best part, maybe this whole growth study, is this one single welcome video that Joey records. And it pops up if you're a new user, this little widget will pop up and there's a video there. And Joey takes you through a perfectly functional onboarding video, which is going to do all the things that you want a good onboarding video to do, like reduce time to value, decrease refund rate. And what Joey's doing in that video is beautifully produced is he's going through and showing you how to actually use the product. Now, if you haven't used the product or any video rendering product, you may not be aware that when you create the video, you make it really nice and then you have to hit render. And so while the video is rendering, you get the pitch for the $37 per month upsell. It's very, very, very smooth. I'd even recommend jumping in, paying the $67 just to watch this video. And then, so that's just, I'm sure that's going to be converting like really, really well done. And at the same time, if you're in the product and you haven't gone and bought that subscription, you can actually see the templates that you're missing and you can actually go and edit them even. But as soon as you try to render that, you have to, you get hit with the upgrade button. And so that's, again, really, really smooth. There's something called commitment consistency bias, which is one of the cognitive biases that means that if you're doing something, if you've already invested time in this, I think it's also called the sunk cost bias, or maybe that's slightly different you're more likely to go ahead and keep doing it. So if you spend this time finding the upgraded template, editing it, and then you get to a render and then you have to upgrade, you're just more likely to do it because you've already invested time in that process. So it's really, really smooth strategies for maximizing that conversion from the first payment, the first customer conversion into the subscription. So the learning here is how can you use your onboarding and user journeys to upsell your customers? Okay, so we've got that conversion to subscription rolling. How do we add fuel onto the fire? So let's talk acquisition. As, as we've covered in previous growth levers, the core acquisition channel for videos for the first four years was partnerships. This enabled them to sell millions and millions of dollars of software. But Joey has always been thinking about how to ideally get paid spend working. A little bit more reliable than partnerships. You'd have to pay out big chunky commissions. You'd have to spend time meeting and impressing and building relationships with affiliates. And so... In the past few months around the time I was doing this research, they managed to scale paid spend from two to three K per month to $80,000 per month and netting out a roughly 50 cent margins on the front end. And so obviously when I was researching with this growth lever, I was trying to find like specific things within the ad strategy, like the targeting or maybe the messages. But what I realized is that they aren't really doing anything like super special there. And that really is the way, in my opinion, to win at PaySpan. And we're talking about Facebook and Instagram ads specifically, is that actually you just have to really, really know your numbers and have heavily optimized for LTV. And so if you do both of those things, then you, in theory, where you do them better than competitors, then you should, in theory, be able to make it work. Because if you have an unlimited amount spent on your customers, then you can outspend everyone else. And as Dan Kennedy was saying, the person who can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. So really the question here to ask is how much easier would it be for you to work and make Facebook ads work if you could triple the amount you could spend to buy a customer? And that's exactly what videos could do is because they know 
that even if they're not profitable on the front end, they're going to convert 20 to 25% of those people into the subscription upsell. They also know that they promote other offers to their list over time, which is going to increase LTV. So that's really the key thing here is just instead of tweaking ad copy continuously, instead of tweaking targeting, instead of creating thousands of customer audiences, it's really understanding who it is I'm selling to, exactly how much I can spend to acquire a customer, and then also knowing those numbers really, really well. That said, they do have a super cool ad that I'd like to share. So this ad is run to people that have bought the first thing. And it's an ad that is thanking the customer for using the platform and it's offering them five free templates and some training with advanced strategies. So what this does is giving, A, it's adding value to the customer journey. People are going to see that. And normally they're used to seeing a Facebook ad and thinking it's just going to sell stuff to them. So it's helping Facebook see that actually, you know, we're getting a lot of likes and engagement on this ad because and people love us. And so that will probably help with the ad account reputation. So that's one thing. Next is that, yes, you'll jump in, receive the five free templates, probably get more value from the product. So you'll be happier word of mouth will spread. But it's also priming people for that $37 per month upsell because they'll get some new templates, love those templates, and then ideally upgrade as well. So that's a really, really nice use, I think, of paid spend, not to really sell, but to influence and to increase usage and therefore satisfaction of the products that they're learning here is how can you spend more on PPC, on pay spend, not to necessarily maximize revenue on the front end, but to improve customer experience and then ideally use that to maximize revenue on the back end. Next up, and this one is a little bit softer. So growth lever number eight, simply being cool. It's tricky for me to articulate this, but some SaaS brands are just cool. And I think it goes beyond like just the logo and the colors. You can, again, we'll link to the research below, but there you'll see pictures of their office. So the whole video's brand is like very aligned, very different, very cool. So we've got pictures of the office and it just looks like, I don't know how to describe it really, bright yellows, super cool. Even like the design of some of their websites, et cetera. Even the tattoos that Joey and Jamie is kind of aligned with that brand. So it's just cool. And so the point here is not that you need to go and like add graffiti to your walls and like create a spaceship-esque room at the top of your office. And you'll see what I mean if you go and check out the post that's linked in the show notes. But it's really about understanding who you are, who you stand for, and what you want to communicate to the world, which is essentially your brand. And so this growth leave isn't like super actionable, but it's just really thinking about really what's your core purpose and how can you communicate that through everything very consistently. And so the learning here is, or the question to ask is, who are you really and how can you show that to the world? All right, final growth lever, and this is a big one. Growth lever number nine, it's an intense channel focus. Now, I often speak to, or I don't want to say advise, but speak to early stage SaaS founders. And some of my like key advice is always choose one channel and get it working before moving on to the next. If we take the videos team, for example, they've been pretty extreme, maybe too extreme actually, but for four years, all they did is one thing, which was one growth channel, which is affiliates, and that's growth lever six. Then only recently they started to scale paid spend, which is now the second channel, which was Growth Leaf 7, as we discussed. And so contrast this to most SaaS businesses that spend time on posting, creating images for social, writing a load of content that no one reads, and jumping on partnership calls that lead nowhere. There's a real contrast here. But I think the reason why people do that is they, they underestimate the amount of effort it takes to get one channel working. And then they also underestimate the impact that one channel working can have on a business. And so really, the advice here is just focus. And to kind of illustrate this, I have videos page on Ahrefs here. 
And they essentially, their site's been obviously around for a long time, pretty decent Ahrefs rank, but the amount of keywords the site ranks for is just 422. And so right now, about $24 million in annual revenue to 422 organic keywords, that's a 56,872 to one ratio of revenue to keywords. If we were to contrast that to Sales Hacker, which is like a content site for salespeople, I would assume similar, maybe slightly lower revenue, but they rank for 56,000 keywords. So it's a 429 to one keyword to annual revenue ratio. And see, that just really illustrates the point that videos have not spent any time or money building out a blog. Actually, you go to their site, they don't have a blog. There's no blog there. And so that really illustrates the intense focus that the team have had on those two specific growth channels. So really the most important thing to take away here, in my opinion, is probably that is to learn about, I guess, the online marketing way of doing things, which I, that's actually kind of my background, and learn about how you can take the, some of the best stuff in that world and then bring it to like the mainstream SaaS world, but then also just to focus on a channel, get it working, and then move on to the next one. But let's hear a little bit more from the main man, Joey, on this intense focus. When we first started the business, everything was completely bootstrapped. And currently, as I say this, we are still a completely bootstrapped business. So that was one of the decisions as to you know how we were going to approach distribution and generating traffic and that kind of thing. And when you're first starting out, you're not really in a position to spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on advertising every month when you're the kind of sole person who's funding this thing. So the initial idea was really just to tap into the affiliate networks that we already have using JV partnerships to basically get this product out there and show people what the product's about. And, you know, the beauty of doing it that way, there is no cost really upfront for you. You're basically just paying somebody a referral fee to send you some traffic. So it's great that we're not losing any money directly out of our pocket. And yeah, you know, in the grand scheme, it's a little bit expensive because you are paying quite a high commission. You know, we pay commissions, you know, 50%, sometimes even a little bit more because, you know, our focus was to you know, build up leads and build people into the recurring kind of back end. So yeah, the affiliate model is what we first started with. And I think we really kind of pivoted a couple of years ago where it was like, right, you know, we want to we want to kind of try and really explode this thing. And, you know, it took a long time to really get the paid traffic thing working for us. And I think most people would probably tell you the same, you know, it does take time. And it really does take quite a lot of patience to get it to the scale where you're doing millions of dollars a month. And when we first kind of started it, we, we failed a number of times doing the paid traffic thing and it didn't work out every single time. But, you know, over this last year and a bit, we've really kind of scaled it up and it's working really well right now. So our focus isn't necessarily just paid. We are doing paid quite aggressively. It's outperforming our affiliate marketing stuff, but that's just because of the amount of money we can spend acquiring customers now. So the speed is a lot faster, but it doesn't mean we stop doing the affiliate thing. We still do it. We've still got a fully fledged affiliate program. We have affiliates that make quite a lot of money every month promoting the product. And we and we have an affiliate manager who goes out and builds these partnerships and these relationships on an ongoing basis. So we still do that. And it's just a case of like spreading the risk, I suppose. And in terms of where we're moving next, we're doing a lot of work on SEO right now. It's one area that we've had quite a lot of weakness over the last few years, especially compared to some of the competitors out there. So yeah, you know, we're putting up quite a bit of time and energy into SEO now. And hopefully we'll start seeing the fruits of that in the coming months. Uh, hopefully the next year we'll we'll really start seeing some benefit from that. But I think everybody should be tackling all these things. You know, there's not one perfect thing. A lot of them have pros, a lot of them have cons, you know, like the affiliate model is great. 
but it is predicated on the idea of having these great relationships and being able to continuously source affiliates that can drive you traffic. So there is a downside to that. Like it takes time and it's not it's not always the easiest thing to do consistently. You know, you, there's, there's always lack of consistency with it. Uh, paid traffic, the pros are, you know, you are literally in control of your destiny. You spend as much as you want or as little as you want and you generate as much traffic you want. But the con is risky, it's expensive and it's expensive if you mess it up and it can take a lot of time to get it right. Every method has a risk and you just got to be prepared to understand that risk. You know, SEO is great if it works. If you manage to get your pages ranked and that kind of thing, it's great. You know, it's great for organic traffic. But in terms of like how much traffic in comparison to paid, you're probably not going to get the same results. You'll get results, but it's not going to be the same. You know, like one of our ads is, has driven about 11, 12 million views in the space of six weeks. And doing that in six weeks on SEO probably wouldn't be that easy. So it's just, you know, you got to kind of weigh up the pros and cons of either side. So hope that answers that question. So the learning for this growth lever is what is the single growth channel you're going to focus on for the next year? All right, guys, there we go. Three million pounds per month with no blogcast videos. I'll just quickly run through the learnings from each lever. So number one, which industries do you have a passion for or interest in and how can you combine them to be the, become the best at a very specific thing? When you're a SaaS marketer who's learning to go all in on something, when it has potential to be big. Number three, who has a big list of your potential customers that you can potentially incentivize to email their list for you? Number four, what other products are complementary to your service and how can you maybe sell those to your customers in, in order to increase LTV? Number five, is there an innovative way you can deliver value to a subset of customers for a one-off investment? Number six, how can you use your onboarding and user journeys to upsell customers? Number seven, how can you spend more on PPC by maximizing revenue on the back end? Number eight, who are you and how can you show this to the world? Number nine, what is the single growth channel that you'll be focused on for the rest of this year? All right, team, hope you enjoyed that. As I mentioned, if you have any SaaS companies or really B2B companies, I guess, that you'd like me to jump in and do a deep dive on, then please, can you send me a DM on LinkedIn? I'll add it to the list and hopefully get that done. Thanks to Joey for jumping in on this episode. Thank you also for the great videos team. And of course, massive shout out to Sastock USA. Go links below, get your ticket or find out about sponsoring. Thanks so much for sponsoring this episode. We really, really appreciate it. And then of course, thank you for listening.